0: I had this idea to capture and share the conversations I was having with a world-class channel. Little did we know that this project would find its way into 11 countries. Hello, I'm Kelly Rose, and for the last four years I've worked with Alexa DeHara, a noted angelic energy channel, traditional naturopathic doctor, who also just happens to have a master's degree in theology. To say that I've grilled her on everything related to light, angels, and energy is a pure understatement. Welcome to Audio Alchemy with Alexa DeHara. Good morning, Alexa. Good morning, Kelly.
1: I received your notes on the life of a channel, and I must tell you that I am
0: really excited. This is About me, wow. I know, it's one that, I mean, we get all sorts of questions now, um, and this one seems to come up quite a bit. People want to sort of peek behind the uh, curtain, which is so fascinating because I obviously understand it as well. It's why this whole podcast was born. But um, can you share a few of your earliest experiences like, as a channel, before you even realize what channeling or anything like this meant? Oh, yeah. So,
1: of course, we've talked about the interaction as a, as a very young little girl with Maitreel, the angel I'm channeling. And, of course, I thought this was some kid that lived in the house in <laughs> California with us. But <laughs> the experiences, a very young, were hearing... Many, many voices around my mother and her friends, being in school and hearing many, many voices around the children that I was attending school with, having dialogue, this is probably the funniest one, having dialogue and saying love and light as young as I can remember, I used to always say love and light. And this is before <laughs> Love and Light was popular. And right. so I was quite kicked on about that because that's how Metrio would always end our conversations. Love and light. Love oh. and light. So this is the way you sign off. Love and light.
0: Right. Can you share the story? There was a house fire. And um, can you share the story how um sort of this all came to the forefront as far as your abilities and involving your family.
1: Absolutely. And it's really interesting because we were talking about that the other day about all the near death experiences I've had and how many times he's really saved me. And so this is the first time my mother had placed a silk scarf over a light by my crib and it caught on fire. And my mother and my parents were sleeping. And they lived in, this is Palm Springs, California, and they lived right down the street from her parents. And so this child was in their bedroom waking them up, waking them up and telling them that the house was on fire, that my crib was on fire, that my crib was on fire. And and so they, at that time, assumed it was my mom's younger sister who would have been five or six at the time. So they jumped up and they ran inside the bedroom, and my crib was on fire on in a circular. I mean, the crib was on fire, and I was untouched. Oh. And I was six or seven months old. And so after the firemen were there, and her parents were there, and everyone standing outside, she turned to her mother and asked her mother exactly how Ginger had gotten into the house to tell him that the house was on, that the crib was on fire and Ginger had not left her room. And so that was her first interaction with matrial.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And so my parents very much have had interactions as have my relationships and my children with this angel, my entire existence.
0: Mm-hmm. And has he shown up differently for them than he does for you in different forms so when I was a child
1: into my 30s he showed up as a child and now he shows up in a very different form now it's more of energy now it's more of color uh-huh. and so they had seen him in that physical form and in fact my daughter asked me just the other day about him because she'd always seen
0: him with darker hair and he does have darker hair hmm I uh, will obviously never forget, um, I hadn't seen him. Um, I had worked with you for over three years at that point. And last year in New York, we were filming some promotional videos and some different lessons. And I said to you, I need to take a break. I guess I'm just super tired. I keep seeing like blue light (laughs) all around your feet in my apartment. It was my apartment. And you just looked at me, and I said, what? And you just started laughing, and you described it. And I said, wait, did you see it too? And you said, Kelly, that's Matrial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so that was a very, very cool experience for me. Um, what does the word channel actually mean to like a human being
1: so channel means that you've connected your channel of light to the to the being that you're channeling that you're communicating with it's an actual light connection Mm -hmm. and it happens with beings of the light it happens in the higher frequency plateaus of energy. And so that energy connects to the human being through a channel of light.
0: Mm. Beautiful. What is your actual download experience when you, um, is it different when you are just channeling like the work or meditations or things that you're processing, or if you are working um, on behalf of, of a client or someone else that you're channeling for is is the experience different absolutely so
1: i'm a channel and i'm an audio clearance so i have a, a mechanism that's open to where i can hear the being the person is working with so we're all having a conversation outside so it's not in the mind it's outside mm. and it's just like you and i speaking a dialogue and so when a, when a client comes in and they're having a session and they're connecting to their angels, their angels are having a conversation with them 24-7. So I become a mediator to that energy. Now, Matriel will interject at times, especially if a person is really on their path. Mm-hmm. He really wants to explain their path to them. So you'll hear him interject. So it's a very different, different type of channeling depending on what's going on with the person who they're speaking to. And it's always angels or higher frequency beings.
0: Mm-hmm. Do Does the angelic interaction grow as you continue to work with a person and they become more open and in uh in tune does the angelic uh participation also grow
1: oh yeah because once we start to open up to an understanding that we work with these divine beings they all want to talk every one of them they all want to tell their story they all want to tell you why they're in their lives and so the more open we are the more that they can express with us
0: Uh I've noticed just through these 31 episodes of the podcast um, an evolution of some kind of assistance where I will be preparing completely unbeknownst to you, even even topic wise. And we will get on the phone in the morning and you will reflect back to me so many times exactly what I was preparing and there is no way you could know other than some kind of angelic assistance.
1: Well, that would be Matriel spying on you, of course, yeah. because he's, he's wanting to have certain subjects to, that he wants the world to hear. And he's like, okay, Kelly, here's what we need to work on. Hey, Alexa, this is what we're working on. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It, it has sometimes, I'll tell you, twice, it has felt kind of like a party trick because. It is like he took an exact phrase from my prep documents and, and said it. And I was like, okay, okay, I hear you. <laughs> it's been quite interesting in a refreshing and charming way. Um, so why is channeling sometimes looked at as taboo? Well,
1: so when we look at some of the, some of the foundations of religion where man was very threatened by the fact that we could go straight to God or we could go straight to a being of light for communication and man was removed. Mm. And so then these things were written about that channels were taboo because it wasn't a direct link to God and absolutely 100% it is a direct link to God. Mm. It is a light to God. And so that's why they're taboo. They were written in these religious texts because they were threatened by the fact that man didn't need
0: man. Mm. Man
1: doesn't need man.
0: Man needs God. Right. Like we're circumventing the uh, process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm. What is the difference um, between a psychic and a channel? Just basic terms. So there's three different
1: elements of energy. I mean, there's so many, but three different elements of energy is a psychic is a being that psychs out energy of what's going on with the person in real time.
0: Yeah.
1: So they're not connected to the angels. They're connected to the energy body of the person in real time. And so they are reading what's going on in the events of their life at this moment. An empath is a person that connects the feelings and the emotions of what are going on. And then the medium. So there's really four, but the medium energy is somebody that talks to the loved ones that have passed.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then a
1: channel is one who talks to angels Mm -hmm. and higher light beings. Okay.
0: But a lot of people tend to blend these or um, just into one sort of overarching thing. When you start, working with someone new do you go into that discussion of like expectations of here's how I can help you and here's what you know someone else could possibly help you with this is such a great subject absolutely and here's why I could
1: absolutely read your energy body in real time now here's why I don't Because I'm a human being having human experiences. And what if something that I'm going through is something you're going through? And I allow my ego to dictate how you should operate in that. Mm -hmm. So I go to a higher resource because they're not going to be registering an ego essence. They're going to say the truth, absolutely the truth. And here's how you operate in your truth. Right, right.
0: Um. You have seen a lot of different, I'll say spiritual movements, um, come up and, um, sort of gain popularity or the spotlight, you know, at certain times in the last four decades. Can you explain some of those, um, and how you have responded to them or worked with clients through them? And so this is really
1: fascinating because I was born in the sixties and my mom was an all out organic hippie. So we were in San Francisco at the time and and we lived, I lived in a wonderful little commune in Mere Beach, California with my mom and they'd all the raw food. So that was a movement. And so there was Hare Krishnas and there was Sufi dancing and there was meditation. And that gave me a really great foundation to understand. And then we went in the 70s and the 70s are interesting because everybody's kind of finding their own independence. And that's when you really kind of saw a little bit of a new agey energy coming in versus the older philosophies you saw in the 60s they're still kind of bleeding into the seventies, but you saw people wearing crystals and talking more about ETs and walk-ins and, and this whole time it's like I have an angel channeling. And so I'm channeling an angel. So I'm kind of like in the same flow of energy. And then when you went into the eighties and people started to discover like ghosts and they started to discover apparitions and they're discovering more of like, Ooh, the spooky stuff. And that was really big in the eighties. And so you're still flowing through and then you go into the nineties and people started to really discover angels angels so 30 years 40 years before that i these angels were appearing to us and only certain people were really understanding so the angels got really big in the 90s and now we're moving more into the universal consciousness as we were going into you know into 2020s and heading forward it's fascinating mm-hmm. to see the spiritual movements
0: and you are always chattering about angels non-stop always from, yeah Teeny tiny. Always. Always. Uh Always. And thank goodness you had adults around you, not just your mother or grandmother, who I know were both instrumental in all of that, but uh, you had people who didn't think it was crazy and who knew how to help you um discover and explore and show up for and prepare your body for like that's rare that you had you were also surrounded by people that knew what to do to get you to where you needed to be
1: i think that that is completely how the angels operated because Mm -hmm. look i didn't even i had no idea until i was in my 40s that people didn't think this was normal, right? And I mean, <laughs> because even going to school and studying theology, I didn't have a I wasn't hiding the fact that I was hearing angels. I was having people say to me, Hey, maybe this is God's plan for you. I wasn't having, Oh, this is very strange. This was more of this is God's plan. And thank, thank you for being here. So I was really blessed. I always had people guiding me along my way.
0: Yeah. And we need to stress that you got a master's in theology. This wasn't like a dabble in some, you know, community college religion course you took a master's program in theology, and that's the kind of support you got, which is fascinating to me.
1: It was a really amazing school in California, and I was really blessed because I was, you know, my primary study was the study of theos, and I was trying to really understand religion from the first base of theos and understand why religion spread out why Mm -hmm. they actually separated because the angel said it's one god one people i've heard that since i was a child it's one god one people Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow so last question you deal with a lot of heavy hard things too you hold energy and space for a lot of people dealing with you know, the entire spectrum from, uh, deep, deep sadness and trauma to absolute joy and mastery of life. Um, would you live any other way?
1: No, I would, I would absolutely, if I could go back and change anything in my life, I wouldn't change one thing Mm -hmm. because this is what path I was chosen for. And I'm honored to be working with these beings of light. And I'm honored to help people. It's my path.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm honored that,
0: that the world accepts this way. Mm-hmm. So absolutely not. Wouldn't change a thing. Well, there is no one who holds the light for so many like you. And I just, again, appreciate everything you do in this world.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That is such so received. Thank
0: you. All right, I'll talk to you in the morning, Alexa. All right, have a love and light day. Thank you, you too. I will. And as always, if you'd like to work with Alexa one-on-one, please visit thelanguageofloveandlight.com or stop by the online store for quantum tools at lightlinkuniverse.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. If there's a topic you'd like us to explore, let us hear from you. Love and light always.